Lord. Uh, as we uh, continue to draw our attention to Noah, Noahic narrative today, I want to draw our attention to a period in history that holds profound significance for our lives today as Christians. The day of days of Noah. Uh, some might wonder why the days of Noah are so significant, significant for us Christians today. Besides the lessons on sin, God's judgment and mercy and faith, etc. From this narrative, according to Jesus, we can learn why this day and age is ripe for his second coming. As he said in Matthew chapter 24, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus addresses his disciples' questions about the signs of his coming and the end of the age. By the way, Jesus is surely coming back. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> he clearly wants us to exercise our discernment as we face the last days. In verses chapter 4, 4 to 5, Jesus actually cautions against being deceived by the false teachings and false teachers and messiahs. Actually, he urges us to exercise discernment and spiritual vigilance, especially in the world filled with distractions and deceptive ideologies. And we are surely living in the last days. Actually, we will notice more as we discuss the signs of the days of Noah. And for this purpose of discernment in the last days, Jesus explains the last days via the days of Noah. That is why it is so significant to us. As we reflect on these days, may the Lord our God give us wisdom and discernment for us to continue to be effective kingdom workers in these last days. Amen? So let's get into it. The days of Noah. So what was going on in the days of Noah? As we read the passages today, first of all, you will notice it was the days of spiritual perversion. Spiritual perversion. In Genesis chapter 6, 1 through 4, we can see that the strange things were happening. When the human beings began to increase in number on the earth and the daughters were born to men, the sons of God saw the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they choose. And then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever. What was going on here? There are several interpretations on this passage, but as I mentioned last week, if you were here, uh, some actually believe that this was, was marital union between godly people and ungodly people. In Genesis term, the line of Seth and the daughters of Cain. The line, line of Seth represent the godly people who, are, who have faith in the Lord, in God. And the daughters of Cain represents, obviously, ungodly non-believers. I mean, it does have some 
good point because even in the New Testament era, even if our uh, present time, the Lord clearly uh, commands us not to engage in the marital union with unbelievers. As Christians, we are not supposed to do that. And that is a sin, and we are forbidden to do so. Um, so it does have a good you know, point here. However, this union was just more than human unions between godly or ungodly people. This union was actually union between fallen angels, so-called demons, and the human woman. So this union was actually demon possession, some type of demon possession. And what happened actually was that the fallen angels, the demons, uh, who, who left their proper station, proper position in the orders of the world set by God, and went in and had relationship with uh, the, the humans, which was forbidden. It was a very unnatural uh, thing to do, and it was abomination to the Lord. As a, matter, as a matter of the fact, later in the book of Jude tells us these uh, demons who fell uh, into this kind of chaos were incarcerated uh, in some type of prison, abyss is, is, it is called, and they are uh, restricted and they are incarcerated by God's power because God says, such things cannot happen anymore. Obviously, all the, the, through the Noah's flood, all the human beings were destroyed, but those spiritual fallen demons or angels, they were uh, incarcerated in prison in the abyss. Uh, but later on, the revelation tells us that that, uh, that prison will be opened and all kinds of chaotic things will come out again in the last days. We're not going to get into that today, but that is clearly there. Clearly, these were the days of the spiritual depravity. Some type of crazy things were happening during that day. The spiritual idolatry, demon possessions, uh, spiritual depravity in the spiritual realm. Things were just weird things were just happening. Well, isn't this what is happening today? Because Jesus said, just like the Noah's days, we are living in the last days and you will see such things. We see so many people seeking to explore in the supernatural realm and inviting all sorts of spiritual experiences, including some demon possessions, including some uh, demon worship. Uh, Satan worshipers are now being coming out everywhere in this country. And all kinds of weird, crazy spiritualities are popping out. And we see these spiritual perversions in our days. And just to give you an example, the New Age movement is basically what part of it is that we human can be gods. And through some kind of connection to the spiritual realm, we can be more than human. And that's the very idea about such movements. And there is a such thing as also transhumanism, meaning we want to become uh, enhance even as a human, we want to uh, you know get closer to the the divinity you know, by using technologies and some kind of uh, spiritualities and obviously people are uh, looking for such powers like superheroes. 
I mean, there's a reason why the Hollywood movies are filled with these kind of beings. It's just tells us, it's a symptoms of our inner desire to be more than who we are, leaving our proper station, trying to connect to some kind of ultimate bigger power. These are all part of the uh, human spirituality that we see today. So it's not really different, but these were the days of the spiritual perversion. Also, you will see these days were uh, days of secular philosophy. You know, the Bible says that God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Now, look at the word imagination. According to Phillips, word imagination comes from a Hebrew root that means to fashion as a potter. You're fashioning the potter. That's what imagination actually comes from. So, through our imaginations, we fashion our lives. That's the whole point here. So, actually, they were trying to fashion their lives according to godless ideologies and philosophies. Isn't that what is happening also in our days? People want to explain and understand the world without God. That's why we see naturalistic science are coming out dominating in our education. People fashion their lives according to their own beliefs. They're according to own their ideologies. Even in America, for the past few years, we see more of such uh, phenomenon. So many people are obsessed with the secular ide- ideologies. Uh, all kinds of different political ideologies to spiritualities and you, you name it. And some have infiltrated some churches. Many churches turned away from biblical theology to secular political or social ideologies because of being fearful of of the threat of being called bigots, that we don't like to be disliked, therefore I don't want to be rejected, therefore we are starting to adapt or at least accept some of the ideologies out there in our society today, days of secular philosophies. Can't you see? Same thing is happening today. Now, also, these, those days were days of scientific progress. And you might be kind of surprised to know that because many of us, we think that the, back in those days, they were plowing, plowing with the sticks and that they did not really understand the technologies. But if you actually study early chapters of Genesis, I really strongly urge you to do so. Or next year, come with us to the Creation Museum, then you'll be able to find more of that. But you'll be very surprised to find out that there was a huge technological uh, advancement in, the, in those days. Sons of Cain, uh, was, they were coming out with all kinds of technologies and tools. Even the music and arts were being, uh, being, uh, being enhanced. Uh, you know, they said that the, uh, uh, the great cities were being built. As a matter of the fact, now we see in the archaeological world, we find more of 
advanced civilizations buried under our continents all over the world. That cannot be explained unless there was some type of great flood, like Noah's flood, that these civilizations were buried because of the huge flood, uh, unknown to our uh, world history today. And a lot of things are actually coming out recently, even more. Meaning there were great civilizations and cities being built pre-flood. And because of the flood, obviously, it was buried. Um, But those were uh, the times of uh, the technological uh, progress and music and arts and all kinds of things were being built. That's why the ark, I believe, Noah's ark was able to be built in such a way. Without such technologies and advancement, technological advancement, and how could Noah use the materials to, to, uh, to build such a thing? So um, it is the time of progress. Well, today we'll see that as well, advancement of technologies. Especially recently, I'm sure you are so familiar with it, many of you, uh, with AI technology now, right? Again, transhuman movement. I mean, we want to use AI to, 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 to enhance technologies and beyond. And it's quite interesting at the same time, quite scary that things are happening today. Biological, uh, biotech you know, to AI tech, to um, all kinds of crazy things are happening today. But those are the days of scientific progress. I think these kind of things result in pride in human souls. We feel like we can actually achieve something greater than and beyond than us. Therefore, we can, at the end, become the measure of all things, and we are the gods of our days. And that's the idea behind driving this whole world today. So scientific progress might not be a very good thing if you actually coming from the sinful, uh, godless, godless world. We want to continue. Why? Our pride will be continued to be built. And that's what exactly happening today. Again, it was the days of Noah's were the days of social plagues. Uh, it was marked by social plagues, by violence and vengeance. Um, violence was filled in this world um, during the times of Noah. Uh, that's what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, as a matter of the fact, the, if you look at Genesis chapter four before Noah's flood, the world that they're living in was a, the, the world of violence and vengeance. There was a one character, one guy comes out in the line of Cain, uh, great, great son of Cain. His name was Lamech. And they actually, in Genesis, you can see his self-praise songs, which was written in uh, 4.23. It says, Adaz, I mean, he's, he's the one who actually started also polygamy. He married to two wives, and he's actually speaking to these two wives of him. Listen to what he says. Hear my words, my wives. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain was avenged seven times, then Lamak 77 times. And he, takes, he took pride in taking vengeance and violence and all that. 
just giving a small example of what was actually happening. Um, what about now? We see ourselves living a troublesome time, full of crime, revenge, corruption, division, especially in our social, cultural level right now. You know, there's a, probably the biggest racial tension that we can ever experience in the U.S. history today. In 21st century, can you imagine? It's not safe to walk in the cities anymore in Chicago, even in Chicago downtown. I mean, these are times, and people are hating each other, canceling each other. I mean, it's kind of going kind of crazy. All full of corruption, crime, revenge, and vicious cycle of all these things are happening. The social plague. If you recall my sermon last week, I call it social depravity. It's physical depravity. Like we gone beyond corruption. And that's what we see even in America. Well, that's what the days of Noah. That's what Jesus said it will happen in our days as well. Also, these days were days of sinful pleasure. Again, I mentioned, the Bible mentioned, every inclination and imaginations were wicked in the human heart. Everything was driven by human pleasure, the fleshly pleasure. I like to kill someone because I feel like it. I like to take many wives and many women as a man because I feel like it. And that's exactly what was happening. Sinful, pleasure-driven life. Okay? Especially, there were the days of sexual perversion and sick imaginations. How do I know that? Because the, actually, Genesis 6 does not really tell us too much about sexual perversion in the days of Noah. But if you look at, sorry, if you look at Luke's account, Luke chapter 17, verse 28, listen to this. It was the same in the days of Lot. So he's comparing the days of Noah to days of Lot. Who is a Lot? Some of you might ask. He was the nephew of Abraham who settled himself and his, his family was settled himself in the Sodom and Gomorrah, if you remember. And before the Sodom and Gomorrah were, uh, were destroyed by God's wrath, uh, God sent angels to rescue Lot and his family. Unfortunately, only Lot and two daughters were made. The sons-in-law and he, even his wife did not make it because they lack in faith. He says, the Luke says, that people were eating, and Jesus said, people were eating and drinking, buying, just like the days of Noah, just like the days of Lot. Verse 29, but the days, the day the Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down, and blah, blah, blah. We saw, it will be just like this on the days of Son of Man is revealed. Okay? So, this, there were sexual perversion was happening in the days of Noah, in the days of Lot. And exactly the same thing is happening in our day. Just like Jesus said. It will be like, our time will be like, the last days will be like the days of Noah. Last days will be like the days of Lot. And we see the modern Sodom and Gomorrah today. The same sinful urges are being celebrated today, made fashionable rather than shameful. 
And I don't really look at the, the social media much, uh, do, even though I do have a, face, a Facebook account. I really don't use it to post, but to check and to connect with people. But when I see some social medias and some videos and some short videos, and man, people are shameless nowadays. Especially when we are dealing with sexualities and sexual relationships, or whatever that is, just people are so shameless. And I'm like, how could you say such things in, in, to the whole world, in the public? How, should, how can you act like that? How can you let your daughters act like it? How can you let sons unleashed like that? And these are just crazy world we are living in today. Okay? But what is the church's response to this kind of world happening today? I mean, as a parent of two daughters, uh, I'm really concerned for our culture, our society, our educational system. These are things that I struggle with. How can we keep our faith and impart our faith to our kids? How can we pass the promise of God upon to, upon our, to our children? That's a big question that church needs to ask. Some of you who has kids, and by the way, we have uh, one couple who had a new baby, boy. Uh, congratulations to Tommy and Tori. Uh, it's just amazing to see the new life born, and it's, we celebrate that. Great. But as a parent, we're looking into this world and culture. It does concern us. Well, these are the days of Noah. These are the days of last days. That's what the Bible says. But rather than we fight with the righteousness, with the holy life and godliness, a lot of Christians are falling into such perversion. And that is something very uh, alarming, at the same time saddening to, to, to see as Christians. Sixthly, these were the days of sudden panic. <laughs> if you look at verse 38, uh, Matthew chapter 24, it says what? For the days before the flood, the people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up the day that Noah entered the ark. And then they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. This is how we will be at the coming of the Son of Man. If you look at it, the Noah's days, the people did not care. People didn't know what was happening. They were just living on and marrying and continuing doing whatever they're doing and leaving the sinful way. And they were just going on and on just everyday life. And he actually explains, Jesus explains, he says, two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grounding with the hand of mill and one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day that the, your Lord will come. When the Lord comes, things will happen so suddenly. People will be taken away. We call it rapture. I'm not going to get into that right now, but things will happen, meaning it was a very sudden thing. Noah's day, people were marrying, doing their own things, and as soon as the Noah entered into the, into the ark, enter the ark through the door, if you were here last Friday, we went through the Noah's Ark, and it was a very good time, by the way. We'll maybe continue this coming Friday, too, so come and join us. Soon as that happened, the flood came. Sudden destruction, sudden panic. 
sudden punishment. These were things that will happen. But as I read two accounts, right, the Matthew and Luke's account, you can clearly see the how people were in the days of Noah, how people will be in the days of the Son of Man, which is the last days, which is our days. Two things were happening. First of all, ignorance. People just did not know anything about what was happening. I mean, we may know what is happening in our world. We might have more advanced technologies, but in the real sense, from the divine perspective, no one one was know what was going on. No one believed, not just believed. They didn't care. They did not care to know. No knowledge of God, no knowledge of the truth. They just went on in their daily living. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that what's happening today? People do not know the scripture. People do not know what is actually happening. People say, oh, God loves you. God is love. Yeah, that's the one part of God's character. But you have to understand, God is holy and righteous, and he will judge the world. The heaven and hell, idea of heaven and hell, the place of heaven and hell is real thing. As a matter of the fact that Jesus taught hell more than anyone in the Bible. It's a real place. And God's wrath will be upon. Some people say that it was a total separation from God. That's hell. It is kind of true, but not theologically true. You know why? God is everywhere. But the difference between hell and heaven is this. Hell is you can only experience the wrath of Almighty God, not the mercy or love and any other good things. That's hell. So total separation from God's grace and mercy, that I think is more clear understanding of hell. But it is real. But no one seems to care. No one seems to know, I mean. Even many Christians today, how many of us actually understand the gospel, truth, being born again? How many, how many of us really truly understand, even as a Christians, the salvation? That we are actually being saved by God's grace. Our salvation is not complete yet. We are being saved right now. Yes, we will make it, God's, God's promise says so. And thank God that we have the Holy Spirit as a guaranteeing deposit. We are going toward that to that glorification of the, of the, the salvation process. And we will get there. Amen. Amen. But we have to clearly understand what we are being saved from. And that's why I'm trying to teach this church as much as I can. But I'm really urging you to really understand. Study the Bible. Know what is going on. God shall give you wisdom and power, and you will be able to know so that you can be alert. We'll talk about how we should respond to this Noah's days. But what I see here is that in these days of sudden panic or punishment, I should say, is that there is no knowledge of God, no knowledge of truth. There was only ignorance. Also, not only ignorance, you see indifference. Right? They were indifferent. They did not care to know. And I kind of use this word, normalization of sin and wickedness. They were marrying, he says. They were just going on day by day. They were partying. They were having feasts. They were giving themselves to the marriages and pleasure and all that. You know what? They were having good time before the Judgment came, right? Right? You know why? They did not understand the world was wicked, sinful, 
under the judgment, we, they did not realize any of this. You know why? Because they were indifferent. There was no moral conscience anymore. Why? Because of the normalization of sin. You became normalized. It's a normal thing to just to think such way. Normal thing to go against the Bible. Normal thing to do whatever we like to do. There was no such thing as to, you know, male and female. Do whatever you want to feel like and define whatever you want to define for. And these are the normal things now. Indifferent. Ignorant. They are intentionally rejecting the reality. Isn't that what's happening today? People reject the reality. I mean, all kinds of crazy things are being said and promoted in our culture today with the help of government. What in the world is going on? You can be man or woman. You can be whatever you feel like. They're out of reality. They're out of touch with the reality. They're, they don't understand what's a real thing anymore. I mean, we are living in the 21st century. Aren't we supposed to be most advanced in technology? That is why we are not. We see the problem. See, problem is not edu- lack of education. Problem is not lack of information. You know what problem is? A suppression of the truth. We do not want to know the truth. Why? It tells us what is right and what is wrong. Therefore, without, by ignoring and being indifferent, we can just choose whatever we feel like. That's the days of Noah. That's the days of Lot. That's the days of today. The last days. And I'll tell you, my brothers and sisters, he says, just like a thief in the night, things will happen suddenly. Just like the flood came suddenly to some people, marrying, every, living every day, judgment came. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah people. They were just doing the same thing. Every day, building things, doing businesses, going to your work, taking care of your houses, following the pleasure, living every day. All of a sudden, you see the fire coming down. Just there, there, just like that, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, when he comes, the judgment will be upon this world. That's why he says, keep watch. We'll talk more about that later. But we cannot be ignorant. We cannot be indifferent. Christians, we have no excuses because we uphold the Bible as a truth and authority of our lives. And the Bible, if you study it, clearly tells us the knowledge of God and who He is, the truth, the salvation through Christ Jesus. It is clearly there. Even it tells us what's going to happen in the future. Yet, what excuses do we have? Oh, I just did not know. Are you serious? Or we have no excuses to be indifferent. Oh, I don't care what is going on. I just do whatever. Go with the flow. Whatever the society tells us. And I will be a good, good people. And they'll be good enough for me. Wake up, my brothers and sisters. There will be a sudden punishment, sudden panic. It will happen.
That's the days of Noah. That's the days of Lot. That's the days of today. Last but not least, these were the days of the scarce preacher. You might say, what is going on? He says, verse, verse 8, out of all the chaotic things were happening, out of all wickedness that God said, I'm going to wash away in the Noah's day. Verse 8, he says what? One beautiful passage, the verse, what? Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. As, uh, if you look at Second Peter chapter two verse five, which you will be looking at next week, is this: If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, not protected Noah, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness. Did you know he was known as a preacher of righteousness? In that day, Noah was a preacher. Of righteousness. As Noah was building the ark, Noah was not just building the ark, segregated, separated totally from the people. No. Bible tells us Noah was preaching to these people. Noah was telling people, hey, come and help me. Join me in the ark. The, the, the judgment is coming. By the way, he, they said that it's about 70 to about 120 years, 100 years, uh, the, the, time, the, the span of time that he spent for building the ark. For the 70 to 100 years, he's been preaching to the world. Flood is coming. We better get ready. Ark has to be built. God told me so. You come and join me. He was preaching. Out of millions, I don't know how many people are there, out of all these people, how many of them made it? He says only eight people, including Noah. Only people who are listening to the Noah's message as a preacher of righteousness was his own family. Thank God at least his family, his sons were listening. Because lots of sons-in-law did not listen. Right? Isn't it crazy? Now... He was the only one who was preaching, preaching the truth, preaching about judgment, preaching about God's. Out of all those millions of people in that day, only one preacher of righteousness. Imagine the world, full with evil, only one or few righteous men. Right? The scarce preacher. He cannot reach out to the whole world, of course not. But I'm sure the people are coming to him. Hey, this crazy guy is building the ark on the mountain. Let's go and check it out. And every time Noah encountered these people, I'm sure Noah was preaching about God, preaching that you, that the flood is coming, we better be ready. No one listened. But rather than people did not listen, I want to focus on there was only one person preaching in that world. What about now? Do we have a preachers of righteousness today? Compared to one person, of course, we have more than that. I know that many people are preaching, but compared to the whole population of the world, really, 
You know how many people still need to hear the Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about just listening about the gospel, listening to the gospel. No. The command of Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, was what? Make them disciples. Not just sharing the track and they can just speak the gospel. No. You have to what? Make them the disciples of our nation. Make them the disciples of Jesus Christ by teaching them to obey, baptizing them in the name of the Son and the, and the, and the, Son, and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We need to disciple people. That's what the Bible says. That's our job. That's the, what the preacher of righteousness is supposed to do. So, therefore, compared to Noah, yes, Noah's day, yes, we have more preachers of righteousness. But is it enough? Still scarce, isn't it? Even amongst Christians in America today, Christian churches in America today, how many of churches, how many Christians uphold the Bible as the inerrant, the Word of God? the highest authority of your life. Some, a lot of people are forsaking that. A lot of preachers no longer preach about full Bible anymore. They don't want to talk about certain part, such as this part. I don't think none of them, someone was telling me, oh, a lot of judgment in this passage today. And then I said, yeah, maybe that's why people won't like it. Maybe. Because Noah only had what? Seven congregation. <laughs> no one wanted to listen. Right? So now people want do they people want to speak about the right the, the, the truth? How many preachers of righteousness today? And even as a minister, even amongst my Colleagues, I mean, ministers, society, per se. I mean, not, a lot of people are not upholding the biblical standard anymore. What about you? Won't you speak the truth? Won't you be the preachers of righteousness? You don't have to be pastors, no missionaries, no. No, all Christians, we all are called to be preachers of the righteousness. Did you know? I'll talk more about that next week. Preacher of righteousness. Preachers of righteousness, are we living the righteous life? Pursuing a holy and righteous life? Or is it just, oh, I'm a Christian by name. I'm a Christian by culture. I'm a Christian by association. What about I'm a Christian by regeneration? In Christ. What about, I'm a Christian by reborn, I mean, born again. I'm a Christian by, by my nature through the Holy Spirit. How many of us, we, we are like that? And when we preach the truth, we will not be welcome. Be ready. No one listened. Do you think the people today will listen as well? Oh, probably we are smarter nowadays. They might listen. No. We are being ridiculed even more, isn't it? Christians' message is not become immoral in our culture today. Why? Because we talk about sin. What is right, what is wrong. That's why some churches are abandoning the position. Why? They don't want to be disliked. 
They don't want to be rejected. They don't want to be attacked. Therefore, let's just not talk about sin anymore. Let's not talk about the people, the things that people don't want to hear. Let's just talk about the things that people want to hear. And as if you look at the Paul's letter to Timothy, he actually talks about in the last days, there'll be only preaching. People, people will only speak, the preachers will only speak about the things that the people's itching ears wants to hear. Preacher righteousness, we speak things that people don't want to listen. We speak as a mouthpiece of God about the word of God. We speak the word of God. We speak Jesus. Amen. But we are to become preachers of the righteousness. I will expound that more next week. So please be here. Now, can you see now that we are living in the days of Noah, just like Jesus said? Can't you see that the, the, when Jesus was teaching us about the signs and and, 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 and signs and of, about the end, the end time, are we clearly living in, our, in that days? Can we clearly see that the Jesus is coming back very soon because these things are actually happening? We do not know exactly when Jesus will return. Of course, no one knows. Even Jesus himself said, I will do not know only the Father. So if somebody says, some preacher says, some Messiah says, oh, I am the Messiah or the Jesus is coming back in such date, such day, such hour, you know it's false. No one will know. But one thing for sure, we see the signs that he is near. Time is near. That's why one of the people were yesterday, I said, we need to be ready as the world is going crazy. We need to be ready. We need to believe. We need to respond to the Lord. We need to trust in the Lord. Amen. What's our response? Let me just give you three things and may the Lord speak to you. First, we need to be ready. Ready spiritually. Ready mentally. Ready even physically. Ready. Ready to do what? Ready to do do God's work. Ready to preach the gospel. Ready to to be used by God. You know, why do we still study? Why do we educate our kids so that they can go to good school, so that they can have a good time, good life in America, in the suburbs, in the the North Shore, they can make millions of dollars so they can be comfortable? Please, wake up. We educate our children. We invest our time so that they can be ready to be used by God. You know why you work and make money? So that you can be comfortable when you retire? Please wake up. That's not why we do it. We do that because we want to be used by God. That is why even giving financially for the, what God is doing in and through your life is a very important part of your life. That is why we learn by Giving. No wonder God says every time you come to the, the presence of God as a congregation to worship God, how dare you to come with empty-handed. Again, not my word, the God's word. I'm not asking for your money, trust me. The Lord provides those who believe. And I'm well provided, even as a pastor of the small church. Thank God. God provides 
in different ways. But my, my point is, we need to be ready to serve God in the last days, in every facet of our lives. We need to be spiritually ready. We need to be mentally ready. We need to be physically ready. We need to be financially ready. That means we need to know why we are here. We need to know why we are doing this. We need to know why we are following the pursuing the career. If you do not know all this, I'm telling you, there will be a sudden panic for you. Your life will be wasted. The book called, though, Do Not Waste Your Life by John Piper. I want you to read that. It's not for the non-Christians. It's for the Christians. Knowing what you have in Christ, do not waste your life following your own dreams and careers and your own comfort. That's the whole point of the book. Great book to read. It will challenge you immensely. Think about why you are gathering cash. Why? So that you can die with it? You can give money to your children? Great. But that's it? You need to be ready to serve the Lord by using it for the kingdom of God. That's why God teaches us to be generous. That's what the first church did if you look at the book of Acts. They gave generously because they knew, oh, I'm here to do do this. Be ready in the last days. Amen? Secondly, we need to be alert. Be alert in your mind. Be alert what is happening today. Be alert what is happening in your life, in your family. Man, some people do not even know what is happening in your, in your own family. Do you even know what is happening in your spouse's life, in your kid's life, even church? I mean, we have advantage because we are a small church. We can't actually have a good relationship. But do we really have that? But talking about the bigger churches, the mega churches, man, they don't even know who's worshiping. The person next to you, they don't even know who you're worshiping with. How sad is that? But even us, a small church, do we know what's happening? Are we alert? Or are we so busy? about fulfilling our fleshly desires. Do you know what is happening in the world? Why those things are happening? Instead of complaining about what's happening in our, in our culture, in the political realm, why don't you start praying? Praying for the, for, the, for the government, praying for this nation if you truly believe something is wrong with this nation, rather than just complaining about it. Because the Bible says, don't. Things are going to get tough and hard. It's not a new news. But be alert. Know what is happening. Not just socially, not just culturally, not just relationally, but you need to know spiritually what is happening. Last days, Jesus is coming back. Ooh. Amen. Last but not least, be active. Be active in your worship. Be active in your serving. Be active in your life. Be faithful. Work hard. Raise your children right way. Study hard the Bible. Pray hard every day. Amen. Can't you not even do? We have to eat every single day, right? How much more we need to pray every single day? We have to go to work, right? How much more we need to come to church? 
Be active in serving the church, serving the kingdom. Be active serving what's given to you. Serving your family, serving your kids, serving your church community, serving even the people whom we do not know when we do missions. Be active in evangelism. Share the gospel. Or at least, if you don't know how to share, just share your testimony, how you got to know Jesus. You don't have to say every time, but you know what? Then bring them to the church at least once. Once. They might reject. Most likely they will reject. Maybe. But who knows? God will might have a mercy upon them. But we need to do our part. We need to be active in what God has called us to do. Amen? That's the days of Noah we are living and how we should live. It is my prayer that we will wake up. We will be ready. We will be alert. We will be active. We will not just sit down and do nothing because we are living in the days of Noah. Wake up, my brothers and sisters, and whoever you are listening to this, it is my prayer you will wake up. We are living in the days of Noah. Let's pray.